Good morning. I'm excited because I have been brewing this message. I realized I've actually been brewing this message series for about 16 years now, which is a long time. But I'm excited to bring it to you, to start bringing it to you this morning. I was sitting just here earlier thinking about how far we have come. I don't know how long you've been here, maybe a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of years, maybe a couple of decades. But I remember uh, sitting similar with all the fluoro lights on and somebody standing over here with the overhead projector, switching the lyrics out. I don't know if you were in church at that time when that was the most high-tech technology. And, and then someone would get really distracted in worship and the lyrics would be on the previous verse and then they'd flick it. And we also had this projector screen, which was just apparently the hook that held it on was very temperamental. So you'd be standing there in worship, uh, just basking in the presence of the Lord. And then all of a sudden, the hook that was holding the wound spring of the projector screen would just go, <laughs> and then the whole thing would crash over. It was great. But I get the sense that we have come so far, but that God's not finished with us yet. And I get the sense now as we begin this series that God's not finished with us yet. In fact, I get the feeling we're about to embark on a journey. And so I'm excited. So just strap yourself in. Let me tell you a story. About two years ago, I found myself in my life doing a whole bunch of different things. I was, I'd just become a father, I was trying to make movies, I was running a business, I was doing one-on-one -on -one coaching with people, I was overseeing dinner parties, I was preaching in church, and I was doing my best to make disciples. But what, what I really craved, and I don't know if you've felt like this before, I craved focus. Do you ever have so many things you're doing that you feel like, how am I supposed to prioritize all these things? How am I supposed to know which is meaningful and which is important and what to pour my effort and resources into? That's how I felt. The trouble is, I felt called to all those different things, so I didn't feel like I could just drop everything and just focus on one. You know, especially if like being a father was one of those things that I was going to drop. Or the reverse, you drop everything and just say, I'm just going to... Kirsty and I are just really committed to being parents, so we're just both going to stay home all the time and uh, just really focus on being parents and then neglect the rest of our calling. So uh, I know we're all called to, uh, to discipleship, uh, but, but, but that, it wasn't focused enough for me, for, for me, because every one of us has our own unique wiring with different temperaments, interests, passions and specialties that the Lord has given us. And so we have purposes that are inbuilt into our wiring. We have a unique offering to the world and to the kingdom. And I just read that book, I don't know if you've heard of it, Find Your Why by Simon Sinek. He talks about how people, when he's talking about brands, he talks about how people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And so if you can find on the inside of you your why, what is your reason for doing what you do, then you'll get in touch with your central purpose that drives you. And I figured that's what I was looking for. 
to figure out what my why was. And I hoped that in finding my why, it would simplify what I was doing, so that way I could focus on several different expressions of one singular purpose. Have you ever felt like that? Where you feel like you're doing a whole lot of things and you don't know what the thing is that pulls them all together? You're just running around like a headless chook. That's what it feels like. I wanted to know what was my why. And so I was expecting this to take a very long time looking for answers and workshopping different words for my life's vision statement. But I left the house one night. I put, put aside some time and I went for a walk. I put some music on and I began to ask God, what's the purpose for which you have created me? And he led me to look up the first message that I ever preached, which was called Stairway to Heaven. I was 16, and it was all about how our journey with Jesus is like a stairway to heaven. We all have a next step to take, which I think is quite prophetic because now churches are all about next steps, aren't they? Every step is different, and we shouldn't settle where we are. We have to keep on moving. And then as I was walking and praying, he, he, he led me to look up the first preach that I ever did that really came from the inside of me. And that was a preach I did when I was 18, and it was called Superheroes. It was rubbish, but there was an essence in there that was really good. Uh, it was about how God wants to awaken the hero inside each of us. And almost immediately, this phrase dropped into my spirit. Make heroes of ordinary people. And I thought, that's it. Surely I need to do some more workshopping on this. Surely it should take a lot longer to figure out what it is. But then God spoke to me and said, no, no, easy to figure out what it is, difficult to execute. I said, right. I realized as a father, I'm called to make heroes of those little boys. In movie making, I'm making heroes of the characters and helping the audience become heroes of their own stories. In my business, in coaching, in dinner parties, in preaching, I'm called to make heroes of ordinary people. And so that might not mean a whole lot to you. Like, why, why is it talking about heroes? That's a bit presumptuous, isn't it, to be talking about heroes? Uh, but for me, I've been studying filmmaking and storytelling for over 10 years. And so a hero to me possibly means something different to what it means to you. At the center of every great story is something called the hero's journey. Has anybody heard of this? It's an archetypal story. It's like a template of a story that runs throughout every story we tell. So hero to me doesn't mean someone with superpowers or human, superhuman morals or superhuman courage that's unattainable. They are simply the central character that drives the action in a story. In the hero's journey, the hero accepts a call to adventure into an unknown world, they overcome great obstacles as they fight for what they hope to win, and in all of that, they return a transformed person. That is the story that we tell over and over and over again. Humans have been telling this story since the beginning of time. In every culture, in every religion, in every place on earth, in every period of time, we've been telling the same story again and again. If you watch the movies that you love, it's there. It's in Avatar, it's in The Matrix, it's in The Lion King, it's in Finding Nemo. It's probably in the rubbish movies you watch, like 
Paul Blart Mall Cop or whatever. It's still there. The novels that you read, the old legends and myths that you read or possibly don't read because you don't find them interesting, it's there. Because it's the same story that's been resonating with the human heart since the beginning of time. Why do we keep telling the same story? Anybody know? I think because we are created in the image of God, but sin has corrupted our hearts and corrupted this world. And so humanity longs to be transformed. So we are drawn to the stories of transformation. And the hero's journey gives us a window into how God transforms people's lives and he plans to transform the world. We are actually hardwired for this story. And the transformation of the hero teaches you a whole lot about life and psychology. And so I started seeing it in people, not just in stories. So as I would sit down to coach somebody and hear about their life, I would see the hero's journey in action, in progress. And as I started to apply the things that I had learned about story, we found that in people's lives, there was new transformation that we could unlock by understanding story and the hero on the inside of them. And so that's the inspiration behind this series. This morning is like a little introduction to just dip your toes in the water of the journey that we're going to go on together as we discover the stories that we tell and the stories that we live out. And I'm going to plan to help you, if you'll go on the journey with me, help you become the hero of your own life. That's my plan. Make heroes of ordinary people. So you don't, you don't want to, like, I know this is like a shameless plug, but you don't want to miss a week of this, you know, because you don't want to be the person who missed a chunk of your story because you didn't come that week and you couldn't figure out how to be the hero or whatever, you know. Like, there's going to be a week about how to not become a tyrant instead of a hero. You don't want to miss that week because then you might accidentally become tyrannical. But I understand this hero journey thing is not working for me. So each week we're going to explore an element of what makes a great story. We'll see what the scriptures tell us and we'll figure out how it can help us cooperate with the Lord as he transforms our hearts and our minds. I've got a couple of questions to start us off, then we're going to dive into scripture. If your life was a movie, what genre would it be? Some people would say horror. Some people would say comedy, like farce, tragedy, you know, the drama, 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 drama. Dra drama D is a good one. It's like a combination of drama and comedy. When you look back on your life, can you see seasons of transformation? Or have you stayed the same since the beginning? Do you know what you really want in your life? What are you most afraid of? And how do you feel about stepping into the unknown? These are all things that we're going to tackle together. When you think about adventure, what do you think of? I'm not just talking about going on some very exciting holiday. If you think about adventure movies, adventure stories, they're not all lovely. They can be intensely difficult for the hero. 
but it's an adventure into the unknown world. What do you think of when you think of going on an adventure? Some people will say, great, love adventure, bring it on, I love change. Other people think, I'm nervous about that, I don't know if I want to do that. Then there'll be some of you, you feel like you're already right in the middle of a crazy adventure, so you've got about enough of that at the moment, that's all right, we can help you as well. And then there'll be some of you who feel like Bilbo Baggins at the beginning of The Hobbit. And you want to say, sorry, I don't want any adventures, thank you. Not today, good morning, but please come to tea anytime you like. Why not tomorrow? Goodbye. That's fine. If you're there, that's fine. Because the dwarves hang around just long enough to give Bilbo a taste of adventure so that he ends up going anyway. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says this, therefore, we're going to come back to that, because what do you think when you see therefore in scripture? What's it there for? It's there for what came before. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Therefore, what's it there for? This is in chapter 12, all of chapter 11. Paul goes through a survey of the Old Testament and lists all of the big characters that he can see and all of the great stories that have come before him. And he, he wants to make a point about how faith changes your life. So he goes through all these characters, he goes through all their stories and says, therefore, in light of all their faith stories, what will be our stories? What will your life tell as a story in history? He says, he is, Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. If he's the author of your faith, it's like he's saying he's the author of your life. What does that mean? Because we have free will and we can make choices. If he's writing the story of your life, a bad writer just writes things that are not consistent with the main character. So a good writer sits down, figures out, who's the character that I've created? And what's the transform? Where are they at the beginning of the story? And what's the transformation that I want to see in their life? Now, you can't have the character behaving outside of who they are in the same way that God lets you make decisions along the way. But the good writer figures out the transformation they want to make and they put things in the way of the hero that might inspire the kind of transformation that the writer, the author, wants to see. And that can be really painful. I learned something about storytelling. The best stories are the ones where you put the hero through absolute hell. If nothing happens, it's not a story. If you need conflict to make a good story. I remember a writer, a novelist, teaching about storytelling. She said, I once got 
my kids came in and they said, we're going to put a play on for you and we're going to charge you all 50 cents to come and see our play. And so everybody shuffles in and they pay their money and then they sit down and the kids start doing the play. And they say, oh, hello, good morning. Would you like some breakfast? Here's some coffee. And then here's some, would you like some muesli? Oh, yes, I'd love some muesli. Thank you. And she stopped her kids. She said, just checking. Does any, is anything going to happen or is it more of this? Is it more of people being lovely to each other? They said, no, no, this is it. <laughs> she said, right, well, I'll let you keep practicing. We'll come back when something's actually going to happen because this is not a story. She said, to have a story, you've got to have, once upon a time, there was a family with a dog and the dog got kidnapped. Then you've got a story. If it's, there's a family with a dog and they lived happily. That's not a story. And so the Lord is authoring our life that he might bring about transformation in us. Okay, hang on, let me just pause there. Is that, is that all right? Is anybody interested in that point? I've got one more scripture as we go on. It's not on the screen. It's further on in Hebrews 12. But if you're feeling like you wish God wasn't writing your story, it says in verse 5, My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the, Lord's discipline, for the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. So, sometimes we wish he wouldn't do it, but it means he loves us. Okay, God's the finisher of our faith. Is anybody glad that he's not just the starter of our faith, but he's the finisher? He keeps writing our story until completion, until we have come to the fullness of life in Christ and have been transformed into his image. God's work in your life did not finish at salvation. It didn't finish when you were born again. He didn't say, great, I've done that transformation and now it's over. I think God is calling us to be born again and again, and again, and again, and again, so that he can bring about the transformation in our life that he wants to see. I think we often tell our faith stories really badly. This is how I came to know Jesus, and now my life is all sweet, and I just live in the bliss of knowing Jesus, and I don't need to change anymore. Is that a good story? It's not true, is it? Because he wants to keep transforming us. He's still writing. He's not finished with you yet. That's what I feel like I've been brought to tell you this morning. Somebody needs to hear that God's not finished with you yet. So why don't you help me preach? Turn to the person next to you, however close or far away they are. If you're at home, just turn to the neighbor's house and yell and say, God's not finished with me yet. There is more. There is more. Salvation wasn't the end of the road, it was the beginning. Being born again is not the end goal, it's the transformation that takes place on our journey of following Jesus. Okay, so he's going to continue to take you on adventure after adventure after adventure.
because his plan is to continue your transformation and complete your faith. Your life is not one adventure movie that got outdated on the shelves of the discount rack at Coles in the DVD section and everybody forgot what DVDs were. Your life is not on VHS getting old somewhere. God is still telling stories. Your life is a series of adventures and the Creator keeps bringing out bigger and better sequels and spin-offs in your life. And the closer that you get to Him, you ready? I like this, I'm gonna coin a new phrase. The more your story will get integrated into the marvelous kingdomatic universe. Did you get that? Marvel Cinematic Universe has got nothing on the marvelous kingdomatic universe where all of our stories come together to make one glorious, way better than Avengers, best grossing film of all time story where the kingdom of heaven advances. Because every one of us is being transformed and all of us are playing our part in the greater kingdom as we look to Jesus, see him, and as we're transformed by him. So this week, as you go out, I want you to look out and listen. What is the Spirit saying to you? The author is still writing. What does he have for you next? Where is he calling you to? What is the purpose that rests on the inside of you that is itching to get out? Would you stand with me? Wherever you're at in your journey, maybe you haven't taken the first step and put your faith in Jesus. And if that's you, I want you to make a decision this morning to trust him with your life. Maybe you're holding on to your own life and trying to author your own life the best you can. You're going to become very frustrated because you'll realize there are things happening outside of your control. You still have a part to play. But in surrendering to him, he can begin to write your story put you into the history pages and so I would encourage you if, you if you've never given your life into Jesus hands I would encourage you to do that this morning if you're here if you just close your eyes for me so people can have some privacy I'm just going to ask if that's you here this morning if you're online and you want to put your faith and your life in the hands of Jesus I'm going to ask you to raise your hand right now here in this place or virtually. And then one of our teams going to pray with you. They're going to follow up with you. We want to give you a Bible and help you on your journey with Jesus. So if you want to make that decision to ask Jesus into your life, make him the king of your life and author your life, raise your hand right now. Fantastic. If that's you, our team's going to follow up with you, pray with you, put a Bible in your hand, get you plugged in to walking with Jesus. Why don't you lift your hands as we pray and ask God to help us going into this week ahead. Heavenly Father, as we embark on this new journey, I pray that you would give every one of us insight into who we are created to be, the purpose that rests on the inside of us. Show us the next steps that you have for us to take. Give us boldness and courage to take them. Father, I ask that you would show people 
what their part is to play. Show us the gifts that you've put inside of us. Show us the meaning that you have for us. And Lord, I pray you'd prepare our hearts to go on this journey into the unknown. I'm excited. I'm excited. Next week, we're going to dive into who the hero is. You know, once upon a time, that was this morning. What's the next part of the story? There lived a... And then you talk about who the hero is. And what's their ordinary world at the beginning of the story? Every hero has inbuilt longings and needs. And they're like little monsters itching to get out. So I'm excited to bring that to you next week. But in the meantime, that's enough to digest. You can get on with that. (laughs) Why don't we thank Brendan? Woo!